Today, we're watching Star Trek The Next Generation. Picard is abducted and imprisoned, but his captors leave behind a reckless doppelganger who takes command. Can Picard free himself before the imposter gets the whole crew killed? From March 24th, 1990, it's Season 3, Episode 18, Allegiance, or Despite all my rage, I am still just a rat in a cage. Oh, God. I'm Cam. That's Dan. And uh, stay tuned for something special. Suddenly, doppelganger. I wrote in my notes I called him Fake Picard the whole time. But we need a better name. Um, how about the Picposter? I like it, but let's keep let's keep going. It's it's a it's a Picard charade. It's a Picade. <laughs> no, it's a Jean Luc charade. <gasps> a Jean-Luc Sherrod. Oh my god. Jean-Luc Sherrod. Yes. Yes. That is that's a great name for this doppelganger, but it's a good name for everything. What is this Jean-Luc Sherrod? Yeah, I think we might have just won the internet. I guess we'll have to wait and see till this comes out. This is your episode, yep. so. I'll be sure to cut this off. <laughs> so we could keep it later for ourselves. Oh, Daniel. Yeah, I. We had a really good run there. It was like six episodes in a row that were killer. And then all of a sudden we're back in the original <laughs> series. Just And then actually the next couple are really great again. So, you know, I guess one out of ten ain't bad. Peaks and valleys, peaks and valleys. And I mean, there were things to like about this episode, but this one was hard. I stopped it twice during the episode. I was like, how is there still so much left? <laughs> Nothing is happening. <laughs> I'm dying. It's been a while since you felt that way about Star Trek. I'm I'm actually kind of glad. Yeah, it's been a minute. This was <laughs> this was the first episode in a bit that I was like, this shit is just straight up boring. <laughs> Ugh was the number one crime in television it can be many things we do get to see mr pickard sing which i always enjoy i do like how the whole crew just knows that well, of song course. Too. it's like they went to navy academy dan <laughs> navy academy yeah cameron the technical term is boat school <laughs> <laughs> oh. navy academy you sound like such a rube <laughs> pew pew um is everybody ready? Fun cuts. Here's the thing. On Stardate 43714.1, Captain Picard, while sleeping in his quarters, after a successful completion of a mission, is abducted by an unknown device. He finds himself in a cell with two prisoners, Starfleet Cadet Haro from Belarus 9 and philosopher Kova Toll from Mizar 2. They are later joined by, a violent, by the violent Eskoch from Shenloth. 
While they have meager beds and facilities, their only source of nutrition is provided by a tasteless, rubbery, jello-like disc. I was secretly hoping it was jello shots, but it was not. Which Eskoch is unable to eat. He moves towards Toll, as if though to eat him, but Picard is able to dissuade him temporarily. Picard attempts to learn why the four of them have been abducted, but can find no connection, and organizes Haro and Eskoch to attempt to break the lock on the door. Uh, initially foiled by a stun beam when they tamper with the controls, they manage to override the beam and defeat the door's security, only to find a blank wall behind it. Wah, when wah. I was rewatching this, I went, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> Come on! It was, it was a lot to get through. Meanwhile, on the Enterprise, a doppelganger of Picard has taken his place, ordering the ship to delay a scheduled rendezvous with another ship and to travel slowly at warp 2 to a nearby pulsar. En route, Picard's double exhibits behavior that the senior crew begins to question, such as his newfound romance with Dr. Crusher, which I liked very much, as well as engaging the crew in singing Heart of Oak, the official march of the Royal Navy in 10 Forward. So is he British or is he French? That's all I'm going to ask. <laughs> He's both, Daniel. He's both. When upon the arrival at the Pulsar, Picard's double orders the ship closer, potentially exposing the crew to lethal radiation. Commander Riker and the rest of the bridge crew refuse to, fo refuse to follow his orders, effectively removing pseudo-Picard slash Jean-Luc Facade from command. According to Starfleet's directives, when a commanding officer appears to be unfit for duty, they pull a mutiny. And I loves me a mutiny, Daniel. Yeah. Even if it's in a shit episode, I loves me a mutiny. The real Picard, after discovering the false door, deduces that Cadet Haro is not who she claims to be due to her knowledge of details of classified events which would have only been known to a Starfleet which would not have been known to a Starfleet cadet. Picard observes that the four different alien captives and the lightly controlled settings are suggestive of some kind of experiment. Toll, the collaborator who goes along with whoever is in charge, Eskoch, typical for his species, a violent anarchist who rejects any kind of authority. Same. And Haro, the cadet, sworn to obey orders without question. And Picard, a leader accustomed to giving good orders. Really fucking good orders! Haro reveals herself to be not a Bolian, but an unidentified alien species, two of whom appear before the captives. The aliens explain that they were studying the concept of authority and leadership, as their race lacks hierarchical authority structures, as humans and other races, can, as humans and other races have. Because of the captive's knowledge of the experiment has now made it impossible to continue collecting data, the aliens return Picard and their other captives to their respective locations. On the Enterprise, Picard's double is also revealed to be the same alien species, all members of which are in constant telepathic communication. When Picard criticizes them for engaging in kidnapping and assault, the aliens express ignorance of the morality Picard espouses, and indicate that they will need to study this concept further. However, Picard, using a series of nonverbal cues, orders the crew to erect a force field to hold them, causing the aliens to panic. As they indicate that their species cannot bear captivity. I mean, same, right? Picard explains that without his primitive vocal means of communication, he instructed his crew to hold the aliens because he wishes to conduct an experiment of his own. After a few moments, Picard releases them, pointing out that they now know what it is like to be captured. Allowing the aliens to go free, he warns them not to abduct others again. And so ends the hit Broadway musical Allegiance. No, because then I would have had an original series crew member, and I would have been thrilled. Right, and Leah Salaga. God damn it, she's so good. Um, 
upsettingly good. Weep, weeping, weeping all the time whenever she opens her mouth. Uh, <laughs> this is really something, Daniel. Really something. I'd actually blocked most of this episode. What? The pointless morality experiment about different types of people? And I was like, it's a weird little play. Oh, no, it's going to be a weirder little play that's going to be totally pointless. <laughs> Right. Huzzah. So we're just trying to teach alien scientists about running an ethical lab. I don't Huzzah. Yeah. <laughs> this, this, my list of things I loved is short and sweet. Uh, same. Jean-Luc Sherrod. Jean-Luc Sherrod. It was a tour de force yeah. from Mr. Pickard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. The something's different about you trope where it's either a doppelganger or a potion or whatever, you know, something naked time, Ooh, whatever. A potion uh, and naked different. time. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Something makes a character act different and then everybody gets to respond to them. Wait, acting. Different. are you implying that getting laid makes you act different? Well, no, but I mean the way everybody was behaving in naked time and naked now. Oh, so you're okay. You're referring to the Midsummer Night Dream Dreams trope. Yes. Okay. Okay. That, but but that's more the group hallucination type. I mean, like a singular character. There's something the there's something different about him. That trope. <laughs> They're so confident I now. I can't put my finger on wow, it. Wow, you're so different. Did you lose your glasses or something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The there's something different about you. <laughs> did you that's. Did you get your teeth fixed? What this was. <laughs> Nope. And I, I sort of detest that trope. I'm sure it, you it, do. That doesn't surprise me for a second. I, of course. Why would I like <laughs> anything that's fun, Cameron? I mean, you have proven to me throughout the course of this series that you detest fun. I just, if this is supposed to be the seminal work of science fiction in popular culture that inspired everybody to go to NASA, there should be a lot less tribbles. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> But the tribbles is if why they love it, Daniel. No, no. Yep. If you want to say that this is what inspires us to go to the heavens, I just... And to become doctors uh, and scientists. Certainly not chief security officers. No, no. It's not had a good run. <laughs> Your queen. It's... it's your Although queen. she did finally get her comeuppance. A little. A little. Um, no, it's it's fun to see Peace Do having having a good time, and finally, it took sixty four episodes, sixty five. But Picard and Beverly finally kissed. They do, and it was so good. Even though that wasn't really him, and then he kicked her out of his chambers, it, and she's wearing the most eighties looking dress of all time. Well, and he's wearing the most eighties working eighties looking casual wear. I, it was very. It was very Captain Kirk. It was. That shirt was that was a Kirk shirt if I ever saw one. It really was. It was very revealing. Mm -hmm. You could see all the way down to his navel. <laughs> practically glimpse your nethers, Jim. <laughs> oh, I miss your McCoy. Um Yeah. No, I I mean, I did like parts of this episode. I enjoyed the interactions of the crew. I thought that I actually thought that the Councilor Troy, Captain uh, Jean-Luc Facade 
interactions were lovely. I loved everything about Beverly Crusher, even with fake Picard, especially when she comes and sits down at the end. And what you said about her being able to con- being able to do more with a look than most people can with a monologue. Mm, so good. She's a great look actress. She is. I mean, she's she's got exceptional control of her face. It's because she comes from theater. I enjoy the 10 forward bits. I, I do actually love hearing Patrick Stewart sing. That's something I, I enjoy hearing everyone sing, if I'm honest. I loved the pulsar effect. You mean the the bat signal yeah. that was just going around? Because that's actually what pulsars do. Anyway, it was fun to see one. And I did I did enjoy the performances of the four prisoners, even though the makeup was iffy and the script was not exceptional. I did enjoy what the actors did with the content. What about you, Dan? Anything else? Anything? <laughs> I usually edit those sounds uh... out, but... <laughs> I mean, her, uh, Beverly saying, you are in great shape. I mean, and he is. <laughs> um, them dancing when he said, I missed our friendship. Here's, no, that's a bad thing. That's a bad thing. Oh, Troy was almost useful. That yeah. was good. You know, she weighed she in a did. little. Um, and I like that they were willing to mutiny. They knew something was up and they were willing to mutiny. That that matters. I think it's incredibly important. I think, you know, it's always it's viewed as such a horrifying crime mutiny, but I think it's incredibly important to question everything. I mean, these people are trained to be intelligent and to question everything. Yeah. Liberate the yeah. enterprise. I agree. But I just I always find mutiny stories incredibly compelling just because of that it's like we live in a culture where we're taught that you're not supposed to question authority but at the same time we have to we absolutely have to question authority all the time especially now and i just i love it it tickles me in my brainstem But it wasn't all Dr. Crusher sexy looks, was it, Dan? <sighs> <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Rip this apart for me. I want to see it bleeding. So if every episode has like a thesis or something they want to prove, the, the, the thesis here, the, the moral of the story was be sure to practice science at a high moral standard like be good scientists random aliens we don't know and will never see again (laughs) it's like and now you know you thought you could just kidnap people but you made the mistake of kidnapping a human and he's gonna teach you (laughs) a lesson about humans and science and how you treat people I'm like you this just is, kidnapped the wrong human, bitch. I know. I'm like this just feels so unnecessarily congratulatory of the human race. I, I'm like this is not that interesting. Seeing Picard and the others puzzle out whether or not they are themselves one of the captors, one of their experimenters, 
or if they are truly a participant, truly a prisoner. That was interesting for a little bit. <laughs> and then it just felt tired and yeah, tedious. Yeah, it, and... it was awful. <sighs> and it really did feel like the 60s. Yeah, it really did. Down to the like weird, inappropriate dinner with him and Beverly that was like, Mm, I don't think that's a good idea. And he's like, it's just dinner, Beverly. We'll talk about your career. Come on over. <laughs> but then crazy. also the, oh, I I think we're done for the evening. Because yeah. heaven, forbid, heaven forbid you fuck because you I'm want to. I'm done with you. <laughs> There's money on the dresser for a turbo lift. <laughs> Jesus. A little bit. But also, the the Inquisitive Aliens outfits are the most 60s thing I have ever seen. Like, No, 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 Cameron. The shore leave outfits on the women on either side of, of McCoy, those are the most 60s okay, thing you've ever point. seen. Okay, fair point. But these have to be a very close second, Daniel. Sure, but until you're skinning Muppets, <laughs> it's not really the 60s. But they are Muppets. <laughs> They are Muppets, but they're weird coral reef yes. heads. Like, what are they supposed to and be? And so much shiny fabric. I mean, they're yeah, great. It's... They're just not, they're not 80s quality. No. <laughs> In fact, this is our cosplay, Daniel. These two right here. <laughs> Cameron, I would sooner cosplay as the Wonder Twins. <gasps> would you? Maybe, but we need to get the monkey and the tiger. <laughs> Wonder Twin powers, activate form of a dildo (laughs) (laughs) what obviously everyone you can tell what a high quality episode this is because we're getting so fucking sidetracked um can i tell you what else really bothered me like way more than it should have so this is allegedly a post-scarcity society correct indeed there's no money nope no credits of any kind at least not in the federation no if you're in the Federation, you get what you get, yep. and you don't throw a fit. So in a post-scarcity society where there is no money, the idea of buying an, of, of requesting, because it's not buying, an entire room full of people ale is just rude. <laughs> That's no longer a nice thing to do. That's just making everyone drink ale because you decided everyone should be drinking ale. That's no longer like, oh my gosh, they spent money on a drink for everyone so that we can all toast. That's a really nice and generous offer. Now you've just put a big imposition on everyone. Of like, I don't drink ale, don't like ale, please don't request ale for me. Since it is just a request, this is now just a thing you can have. So it no longer is, oh my gosh, they bought the whole room shots or whatever, which is still an imposition. You shouldn't feel obligated to drink that but it's even more of a dumb imposition when you don't when you're not expending any money you're just like you barkeep a bunch of extra work that will probably get wasted (laughs) and thrown down the drain well i mean it could be argued that guinan and her staff probably know everyone's drink orders already so she could just sub it in i mean good bartenders and good people would say around for everyone yeah you're right you know Everyone, a drink, everyone's next drink is on me. That's the best thing you can say in a bar. But, uh, yeah, that's, yeah, no, that just made, that just made me go, you're a dick. <laughs> he is a dick because he's, he is a Jean Luc facade. 
behind the facade. No. No? No Frank Wildhorn for you? <laughs> Cameron, I got to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> that is your line. That is your musical theater line. Jason Robert Brown is fine, but Frank Wildhorn, you draw the line. You're the only one who just detests Jason Robert Brown. I don't detest everything. Well, you detest the last five years. I don't detest the opening number. It is majestic. <laughs> well, was there anything about this episode that you hated as much as you hate the last five years? <laughs> as much as I hate the last five years? No, there is not. Um, <sighs> but close. I hate, I, I mean, ugh. the alien design could have been so interesting and it could have been so... It could have been so good, but instead, two sets of teeth and lion's mane, and I just, I, it made me sad. And also, I mm. fucking cadet, her hairline, the fact that she had something running up her part just made me physically angry. <laughs> her whole design is just not, not I good. I mean, I can get in, not I can get on board with the sparkle skin. I'm into it. I love sparkle skin. But like... I just, oi, 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 oi. And then finally, the aliens, I mean, to be fair, they look more alien than most of what we get in Star Trek. But I, yay, yay. Their outfits, they're <laughs> touching the force field like, ooh, 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 ooh. Made me, made me want to die a little. And also the alien prisoner designs. I mean, you said, uh, what's her name with the part? But also the, like, wild man who couldn't eat the jello pucks. Yep. Which, like, don't turn your nose up at a good jello puck. Yeah, you can call it poison all you want. But poison! It's just a jello puck. Just eat it. Don't be rude. Don't be an ass. Um, Clearly, he's not from the was, West or the Midwest. I was going to say, your Midwest he know is showing. Being rude is the worst thing. It is the most grave sin you can, you can have. Unless you're dealing with someone in the service industry, then you're required of course, to be rude. Of course, of course. But you had better eat. Because they didn't have the good sense to not be poor. You had better eat Karen's jello with carrots and peas in it at the church social carry-in and not complain a goddamn second. I want to move to Canada. <laughs> Same. I also hated... The testing trope just feels... I mean, and it's because, you know, it's 30 years later, but the testing trope feels very tedious and tired and i just i would have much rather seen like members of the crew who subscribe to different philosophical you know let's let's have an anarchist engineer come in there that'd be fun right mm -hmm. i don't think you can have anarchist members of the federation though. i mean maybe just a little though like just planets rights <laughs> maybe they were injected with something that makes their true feelings come out um I just, yeah, it was really hard to care about this episode. Really, really hard. It's 47 minutes long, and it took me an hour and a half to watch it because I kept stopping it going, uh. I, I was multitasking hardcore when I watched this, both times. I was like, I just, I can't. You know, I couldn't get it up, otherwise I would have too. <laughs> Well, I think this charade has gone far enough. Don't you? I don't understand. Oh, yes. Yes, you do. So sexual. 
This isn't a holding cell. It's a laboratory maze, a carefully constructed test. It's an experiment to see how well we react under pressure. How do you know? It's the only explanation. Look at the four of us. We do have something in common. We all react differently to authority. You, the collaborator, defer to whomever has control. You, the anarchist, reject authority in any form. I, a Starfleet captain, trained to command. And you, Starfleet cadet, sworn to obey a superior officer's authority. Our captors have placed us here and have devised obstacles for us to overcome. They give us food, which Esok can't eat. To make him a threat, they give us a door we can't open till the four of us cooperate. And each time we succeed, they deal us a reverse to set us against each other again. While you observe our reactions... Sir, I've been trying to help. I found it unlikely that a first-year cadet would know of the Enterprise's visit to Mataka 3. So I tested you. Starfleet has classified the core Corelli 5 plague a secret. No cadet would have knowledge of that incident. Captain... So you may as well drop the pretense. I'm not playing any further. I'm quitting this game. As far as I'm concerned, this experiment is over. You are correct, Captain Picard. The, uh, replica was convincing. Very convincing, but not perfect. How so? I never pegged you as a singer. I look forward to reading your report, Commander. At least I think I do. <laughs> what is this? Food. <laughs> <laughs> the only food. It would seem so. Poison! Does this mean there's nothing here you for you to eat? You. <laughs> that was a good COVID toll. I liked it. My race has no enemies. None. In the last 300 years of Mirazian history, your planet has been conquered six times. Mizerian. Mizerian history, your planet has been conquered six times. Captain, our species cannot bear captivity. <laughs> we were merely curious. We meant no harm. We did not, after all, injure you in any way. Imprisonment is an injury regardless of how you justify it. American prison system. <laughs> yeah. Pot ain't no crime. Um, <laughs> what is our mission? I'm under no obligation to tell you that. If you don't, you force me to take command of this vessel. On what grounds? You are endangering the ship for no reason. No reason you're aware That's of. That's not good enough. Your behavior has been erratic. Erratic enough to justify mutiny. Do you honestly believe you have sufficient evidence to convince a board of inquiry? No, I don't. But I can't let you risk the lives of this crew. It's well known that my species possesses superior intelligence, and uh, I'm considered among the brightest of my people. And the least modest. My given name is Esoch. It means fighter. I'll bet half the names in Kalnath language mean fighter. 
Mizarians, your name means surrender. We are a peaceful race, a race of thinkers. Ah, right. Oh, God. <laughs> the sound of your voice is beginning <laughs> to anger me. <laughs> right? Esok, I've been trying to determine if we have a common enemy. Someone with a reason for confining us here. There are Jalnoth who would kill me if they could, but kidnap. There is no reason. You have many enemies. None of consequence. I've slain all the ones who mattered. That shocks you, Bolian. A little. And you? Oh, I'm not surprised. I heard about your race. You're uncivilized. You have no laws, no system of government. The Chalnoth had no use for laws or governments. We are strong. We obey no one. No one! You live in anarchy, murdering one another. That mentality may get us all killed. And you may be the first. Both of you, this is getting us nowhere. Neither is asking us useless questions, Picard. Come on, come on, give me your journey. <laughs> Lady Luck left me a long time ago. <laughs> Cameron. Yes, Daniel. How many Jean-Luc charades would you give this episode? I am going to give this episode 2.25 Jean-Luc charades. Is it the best we've ever seen? No. Is it the worst? No. I'm going to give it like 1.75 just for wasting my time. <laughs> it only gets 1.75 because we got to see Picard and Beverly kiss. We did. And it was hot. Mm -hmm. Even if it was, was. Jean-Luc Fassad. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. But speaking of the captain and kissing. <gasps> our next episode. <laughs> Uh, Captain's Holiday. I've been waiting for this episode for so long, Dan. Is it as sultry as I hope? Yes. And charming and delicious, and we get so much more fun addition to canon. Hmm. Well. 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 <laughs> we have loved it, hated it, quoted it, and rated it. And that just leaves one last thing for us to do. And that's for me to wish you all to not just have a great week, but to make it so. And, and for oh, Dan to I'm say, sorry, God. You forced that down my throat. I did. For 10 episodes, <laughs> I finally Pavlov style get used to it and expect it. And then you take it away. Well, record your results and keep on tracking. <laughs>Some of the worst alien designs we've ever seen. Oh, yeah. They went full original series. They did. Like, hey, mama, welcome to the 60s. Makeup is real bad. Costuming is shit, too. Go, mama, go, go, go. You should always question authority. Like, uh, why did nobody care about COVID 1 through 18, <laughs> huh? Please yeah. don't. I can't. Oh. Kind of makes you think, hmm? Oh, God. <laughs> you know, 
there were 50 deaths of the flu this year already. I heard that one today. Yeah, the flu can't give you a fucking stroke, Karen. People yep. are going to die. So people just die, says the pro-life party. I know. <laughs> says the all lives matter party. I just, it's the best. I'm like, you can't, you can't hear yourselves? Yeah. I have saved every single <laughs> horrifying destruction. <laughs> there have even been a couple Star Trek ones, but like an astronaut sitting on the moon and an, and a meteorite completely obliterates the Earth and the astronaut says, oh God, the economy. <laughs> A Secret Weapon Production.